You're listening to the Guru's Book Club and Self-Improvement Podcast, hosted by Brian and Andy. Quote of the day is, even dogs must be socialized if they are to become acceptable members of the pack. And that is from the 12 Rules for Life by Jordan B. Peterson. What do you think of that one, Brian? I really like it. I was like, there wasn't much debate this week about what the quote would be um, for me. Right. Right. I agree with you. I, what is interesting to me is that he does, and we, we, we talk about this, we've talked about this several times in this is how he compares animals and other beings of any type to, um, to the, to humans. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that he, how the parallels are so similar in so many ways. Yeah, it's it's almost um, disappointing if you think about it, though, that we're we're the ones with the prefrontal cortex. We're the ones that have the ability to really analyze our actions and our thoughts and our behaviors and you know all all this stuff. And and then at the end of the day, we're still um, uh, we still have instincts and things that are going on that are really difficult to catch, even with our advanced brains when comparing to, to animals yeah to me this is grounding it, it helps you remind you of where your base is and that you have the ability to understand that we're all very similar in action and it helps connect you to maybe to more to nature in that way the fact that everything is trying to seek its own happiness sometimes they just don't know how to um, and there is a social order that exists throughout nature. And I think that's a good reminder always to remember that. Now we have the, you know, the thinking ability to be able to analyze it and do things very different because I don't think that uh, other beings have that ability as much where we can definitely be able to analyze. And I think the big thing that I always take away is respond in a different rea- a different way. And I think that that's right. I think that's well, so instead of just reacting, right. Yeah. Or, or maybe just catching your reaction and then saying, Oh, that, I reacted poorly. Let me uh, let me go back and fix that or change that or um, can we rewind? You know, I think that's probably the most important skill um, in being a human is catching mistakes that you make and making efforts to to correct it. And and that's not just towards other people, but that's just for yourself as well. Now you make a mistake in your own life. That's okay. What are you going to do about it? I think there's always opportunity. You bring up a good point that though we make mistakes, uh, we can always do something to rectify it. So there's nothing that's so deeply seated and bad that it can't be rectified. Even the worst things can be apologized for and can be, and I mean a real apologize where you're actually sorry, plus there's action to be able to be taken to not commit the, problem again that's that's my version of sorry is not only you're regretful but you're additionally taking action to to you know make sure that it doesn't happen again that you're taking some sort of effort it takes effort to really be sorry it takes effort and i think that is the the difference between humans and animals we we again we have the ability to analyze and to learn from past, we don't always, we don't always do that. Sometimes we're really awful at it and history repeats itself. 
And yet we still have that ability to analyze, to take accountability for whatever it is that's going on in our lives that is in our control and to, to move forward in a direction that we choose. Right. And I think that's the great thing is, is that, and that's where a lot of the comparisons can be. You can compare that socialization is very similar throughout animals that have bigger brains and have the need for social. Yeah. I think that dogs are a good example. Uh, primates, he brings up gorillas mm -hmm. quite a bit. Um, I know that you really particularly like some of the gorilla stories. What was one of your favorite ones so far from the book? Oh, shoot. I'm doing it again, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm blanking when I'm on the spot. What was that one from last week? Um, did I share one last week about the gorilla? Yeah, there was the one. Yeah, it's the one you really liked. Oh, was it? It was, it was about the lady and the, the gorillas that kill each other and... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Um, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So we have um, Jane Goodall, right? Right. Yeah. And she's, that's actually from this, from this chat, from this week. Yes. yes. Yeah. So Jane Goodall. Um, and I didn't know this. This is so interesting that she tried to hide her findings about um, these, these primates killing each other brutally uh and and being awful in many many ways you know um she tried to hide it because she feared you know what would that what would that say or maybe she was thinking that maybe it's because i'm here and it's causing problems you know but really uh it reflected a lot on on how even as our society is you know, um, these, these primates could be brutal for really no reason other than for the sake of being brutal. And that's an interesting state. What's, what do you think about, what does that say about us? I mean, that's the scary thing here is, is that we're, that we are very similar, like in ways to that extremely mm -hmm. like that and it's scary to think that we murder for some of the same reasons for territory for prestige uh ego yeah. um and we think that we're the higher primate we think that we're we're above them and then we have the same characteristics as some animals that do the same thing for the same reasons you know, um, I mean, obviously, look at our society. We have we have large scale issues with this, right? When people are going to war, when um, they're not taking care of their their citizens of their country, um, smaller scale, you know, people on the streets. You know, we have gangs. Then we have like interpersonal violence between partners between parents and children. Um, I guess for me as a therapist, I get frustrated because um, we, we know about this. We know why, uh, you know, and socialization does play a role with this um, all the times, uh, you know, kids are, perhaps not being taught and then they lash out they're having problems they you know go and do all these awful things not because they're awful kids but because they've been treated awful or they've not been treated anything right they've been neglected you know so here they are and we read about that a little bit in the book um but you know getting back to like the, the primates and the gorillas and stuff like that and you know what that means for us and how do we how do we make sense of all this Oh my goodness. Um, whew. It, it's, uh, I think this is like an existential crisis. 
think you're right. I think that this says so much about that we think we're so above this to realize that we are very similar to things that we almost think we have a sense of that we're better than that. At least I'm not an animal. You're an animal, you know, those type of things that we say. And then we realize that we're not so dissimilar. We're extremely um, similar in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Which again goes back to some very good things to be part of as well, is that there's also mm-hmm. some really good things that happen. Um, and and you brought up some good points in transitioning to this chapter. You bring up some of the stuff about kids and you know, how do we get to this screwed up state that we're in? And it all happens really from childhood. And you think yeah. about how much how much study has been done over the years in regards to how important steps and nurturing and love and caring and all that stuff that gets wrapped into how important it is in childhood to get these things. Yeah. And what it's what happens when you don't get these things. Um at certain times or certain steps in your life. And those are the reasons why people as adults go to therapists. And it's a good thing because they're they're They've reached a point in their life where they go, I can finally do something about this. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. And this is, this is the, this is the gotcha, I think, or actually the really good, this is the rub, the rub in this is the fact that you can stop as a parent, you can stop the cycle now. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's what he's talking about in this chapter is being able to realize that you can stop it now by having kids that you want to be around with. Yeah. And how do you do that, right? You, you learn different parenting links. You go about it in a, in, in a better way than than previous generations, you know, better way than what you just fall into. You know, I. <laughs> it's so funny. Our society is screwed up on the things that we think is important to teach to young people. <laughs> who Who ends up needing to know um all the 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 things about math other than plus minus subtraction division i think those are important skills i for one i don't think i've ever used algebra in my career not a single time i learned algebra in sixth grade anything beyond that i don't know like maybe geometry a little bit here and there you know trying to figure out i don't know what have you um, and I'm not saying math isn't important. I'm not saying that these, you know, arithmetic and English and, and you know, all, all that stuff isn't important. Uh, what I am saying, though, that um, teaching kids how to be respectful, how to get along, how to communicate, how to uh, interact, right? What people say should be taught at home. You know, I agree, but it's not being so. Um, let's teach it in the school. Yeah, there's my soapbox. <laughs> well, this is, and that's the, and that's the thing that he's bringing up is that for reasons, and I think that it is seems to have gotten worse as since the 1950s and they they've done studies on this on how because both parents had to start working and parents were in the latchkey kid during the 60s 70s 80s um is now continuing that cycle and we've been and now we've replaced parenting with phones and youtube and so much influences outside when do we say enough is enough and start taking back our kids? When do we start saying, 
I want to be around my kids and not just throw them in front of a television and say, hey, watch Sesame Street, because um, not that it's not an entertaining show. It's because I don't want to deal with you right now. Um, Go watch some Sesame Street. And if we get rid of that mentality, I think that we could make great strides in society in having happy, nurturing children that will contribute positively to society as a whole. I, I agree. Um, and at the same time, um, how do you do that? Right? Because right. that is ideal. Absolutely. That these children are brought up in homes where they feel loved, where they respect um, the, the parents and the parents know how to parent and they're, and they're giving their attention, you know, um, can't do that if, like you said, they're both having to work, you know, or um, for whatever reason, there's only one parent, you know, or well, maybe two no parents. Yeah. Right. And he brings that up is that two, we need two parents and, it has, even if you do achieve divorce, um, the courts have now really deemed that men being gone is the day if you want as a male, if you want this, um, is the day that only single mothers were looked to as the parent. You know, there you might be a single parent, but you might also be co parenting with another adult who used to be somebody that was significant in your life, but now they are still the, the dad or the mother. Um, it's so important to remember that co-parenting is the best thing that can happen for your kids. So outside of all of the pain of divorce, if you just decide that you need to focus on the kid, that's mm -hmm. the, been the issue with divorce kids. And there's so many divorces out there now that, you know, broken homes are everywhere but they don't have to be so broken if you put the priority on the child and you know but that takes two very special parents who realize that the biggest importance is the kid and mo most of the time because of grudges and ego and i can do this better than them i don't like them um, that ends up getting convoluted and warped and kids get used as pawns all the time, which I speak from experience because that's what happened to me when I was a kid. And that's what happened to my kids. What happened that, to me in a lot of ways. Right. Man, one of my most traumatic events was from being kind of, uh, have, uh, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. She might feel bad. But it was like this situation where it was like I had to kind of pick between her or or my 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 birth father, and I was like, "Well, I'm not having this." And I got scared, I like ran away, you know, yeah, being used, and, and kind of felt like now looking back, like I felt like I was kind of being a pawn, you know. That gets said actually quite a bit, and that actually is something that happens, and that's what the courts are now really trying yeah. to prohibit. There's a lot more awareness around it, which is really good because I don't think, you know, the divorce in the 70s and 80s is very different than what divorce looks like now. In the 70s and 80s, it was just a given that the mother would get the kids. And now there's really a contribution where they're realizing that contribution from dad is so important as well. Definitely doing better. No, I think so. Not great, no. but better. No, this is the interesting thing. This is, I do have a bone to pick with Mr. Peterson and his book here. Okay. Um, at the very, very beginning of this chapter, um, he kind of, he's talking about like social revolutions. And he says, they're not a good thing, you know. Um, tell that to Martin Luther King Jr. Anyways. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> uh, so I have a bone to pick here because there are some things where change is not happening quick enough. Right, where things 
are not okay and it is hurting society. Now, people might have different opinions about what it is that is hurting society. You know, he, he puts in quotations diversity. I kind of wanted to slap him in the face for that one because that's like, whoa. Uh, he's, a, he's a psychologist. I hope he was trained to, to learn about all the different issues happening amongst diverse groups and why they would be pushing for reform and kind of going for revolution because they've been treated awful for years and years and years and they don't have equality they don't have all these these luxury that uh you know the majority people have and there's no reason for them not to it's just a matter of control and and bigotry and racism and sexism and all these different things all right so i'm going off on a soapbox I know. So I'll rant it back in. <laughs> I apologize. No, I, but I think you're absolutely right here is the fact that change is necessary. And here's the thing that we're telling people is that you need to change your life to be better parents. But that does mean stopping the chain of abuse, toxicity that raised you. Perhaps even the things that happened to a parent for them to repeat that same thing, that is revolutionary to say, Hey, I don't want to repeat that. It's revolutionary mm -hmm. to stop it and say, no longer is that going to be part of my family that may have happened to me. And I have so many friends that, and I I'm thinking of specifically of one of my friends that they came from a very abusive drug addicted family very toxic and they chose love they chose happiness and joy and getting their act together to find a partner who was able to express that same joy and love to their kids and i mean he is one of the best parents i know because he is just really said i don't want to be part of what has happened to me yeah. and that's a revolutionary decision that's the way that all revolutions should and i think that social change is in order for us to be better and that's it's honestly yeah. ev evolution is that is that we are changing as the times as we see fit as the times change we fit into it by doing change that's that's what evolution really is it's, it's survival of the fittest and the fittest in this case are able to change the way that they think so that they can better adapt yeah and, and i think that that is crucial right so who in today's society is the fittest not necessarily talking about brawn you know um obviously there's some power and control involved there you've got some very powerful people who not always use that power wisely for the benefit of others so are they the fittest you know or is it the people um out there putting themselves in sometimes not the greatest situations but they're being brave to to create those changes, right? I mean, this individual that you're talking about, I imagine um, if there was a relationship with with their parents or caregiver, whoever it was that brought them up, um, they might have a serious uh, disagreement with how this individual is now raising their kids, right? The love and compassionate way. And they're like, ah, oh, they're not gonna respect you, you know? Um, I'm reminded of the Goofy movie. Have you seen the Goofy movie, Andy? I have seen the Goofy movie. Okay. This is a perfect example. So Goofy is trying to uh, reconnect with his son, Max, right? Because he thinks he's going to go to jail or, you know, just end up on the wrong path in life. So he's trying to go about it in a kind way. And then there's his pal, or not really pal, but co-worker, uh, acquaintance guy pete and they have a very different parenting approach very very different and I, I can't remember what it is goofy says something about um well I, I want max to love me or something and then pete says well 
well, Pete fears me or something, or my kid fears me, you know? I think there's a difference between fear and respect. Absolutely. And love. And I, I think that if your kid fears you, as soon as they're not a kid anymore, say goodbye to that relationship. And so what I'm getting at with this individual, this friend of yours, um, you know, maybe they had a parent like Pete. And uh, they're like, nah, I didn't like that. That didn't work. And now this Pete fellow is sitting there nagging, telling him he's doing it wrong. You know, and it takes a lot of courage to now go against Pete, even though you're an adult. Isn't that interesting? And that's that's so prevalent. And that's what, exactly what he's talking about. So he says that there is a fine balance between giving into your kid and being overly aggressive and overly permissive. <laughs> yeah, there is, there is a fine balance there and it, and it is, it is a fine, it's like a fine wine. It takes time to be able to figure some of this out and maybe a few kids. I have six. So, you know, I think we're doing okay with the last one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Okay. Soapbox, this is why there needs to be a social revolution when it comes to parenting and teaching kids how to how to be good kids, you know, how to do things. Obviously, um, that would be that'd be a tough one. But like dramatic change doesn't happen without a revolution. Right. We're not in the United States. United States. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> United States without a revolution, right? That it's correct, and I think that yes, yeah, so I, I think he's a little off on the you need a rev. I think that there's a control. There's a control. There's a control segment there too that it can't be so far out there that. And this is the statement of when you're balance it needs to be balanced there's a middle way to everything yeah and upon talking to my teacher on thursday that's exactly what we kind of came is there's um a middle way to everything and it's slight adjustments that correct over time but as long as you're trying to keep on the path that's the biggest piece is keep on the path you will find the middle way by the fact that you're on the path and you'll find course corrections along the way that'll help you as long as you're looking for the path. And I think that as a parent, what I've learned is that you want to keep your kids between the buoys. You don't really want to guide, you want to guide them more than tell them. That's for sure. There's moments where you have to be a little bit more stern um, there are moments where you do digress into being upset and disappointed because kids will notoriously not do what you want them to do. But if you do it right at the end, it's really about keeping them in the buoys and having them make choices, make good choices. Right. Yeah, You know, and that's well, one of the things that you always are working on is have your kids make good choices. So you're not telling them how to do it, but they naturally well, you're see you making good make good choices. Right. That's absolutely. the idea. You know, it's, it's the it's the whole analogy of do you give a man a fish or teach him how to fish? Right. You're teaching your kids how to fish because they will, when they're adults, need to know how to fish. They will need to know how to navigate uh, relationships. They will need to know how to navigate money and finances. They will need to navigate um, work environments, expectations, failures, all of that. They need to know how to navigate that. I'm going to say it more than they need to know how to know arithmetic. I think you're right. And I think that, I think that is the that is correct i think that having a skill set of emotional iq is much more important than having mathematical iq 
not that math did not. So in my case, Matt, I, I use math every day. I'm a, I'm an IT person. So I'm go. using statistics and math every day, all the time. And it's something that, you know, it did come in handy. However, you cannot just rely on that making a kid successful. I think a successful kid comes from them making good choices, having a good emotional IQ to be able to choose a life they want. And that could be through some sort of discipline of, you know, mathematics or whatever it is that, you know, mm -hmm. guitarist, musician, whatever it is that turns your, your, your kid into something that they're passionate about. Doing that for their life is so important. However, um, them making choices to make that, but that comes from you being able to give them that skill set, that coping mechanism that will enhance their life by them being able to choose the life they want. Yeah. And I think, and I think that, you know, that is, that is, oh man, that is so important. And I don't mean to rag on arithmetic or, or math or anything. Hashtag I didn't do well in it. I didn't like it. So I'm a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's <laughs> the reason why I went into, into uh, the social, uh, um, work of, of uh, working with people and not, not numbers. <laughs> Do you know what's so funny? And this is just a funny ad. Um, I hated math, but I'm just good at it. <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> you have to just use your gifts that you've been given, even if you don't. I found a way to use it in a way that has been uh, functional and helpful but it is a gift that I was given to be able to be logical in math and be able to do problems well and use it. Um, but I found it to be able to do something in IT and use it to my advantage versus, you know, for you, I think you have the social and the communication skills down fairly well, that that's something that is, you know, something in your field that your gift has been able to uh, capitalize on and being able to help others. I hope so. I'm sure. Oh, I know well, so. I know so. Well, let's talk about that for a second, right? Um, you know, we talk about if we can make a difference for one person, you know, then then we've done a good job. If we can, if we can help people, if we can do that, right? And we're talking about parenting here. If we can help even, you know, just just the one one kid that you might have two or three, you know, hopefully you can have at least one of them uh, be successful. Um, and yet, and yet, uh, there's, there's another book, I believe it's, um, I think it was in the book called Creative Confidence. I don't remember who it was that wrote that. But it's more of like a business kind of book, like how do you how do you use your creativity in in getting your your ideas into production, you know, in business? And I want to say that in one of those chapters, the guy says, "That's great. So you sold one unit, and you made one person's life better." But that is a completely unacceptable as a goal. Yes, it is great to help one, but if if uh, if that is the goal, and this is again as a business, if that is your goal, is absolutely unacceptable. One, because you're you're not in it just for the profit. That's what I liked about this book. It wasn't like, oh, you need to get your your product out there to make money. It was like you need to make a product that fills a need that people actually want and need. So you're making a difference in the world. Right. And, right. And so they're like, so if you're only making a difference in the world with one person, then you need to change what you're doing because you can have a much greater impact and it's important to have a much greater impact. So how do we, and I'm bringing this back in, how do we, um, you know, look at this and say, yes, be better parents, be better parents, but we don't have better parents because we've got parents that are stuck in the cycle of poverty. We've got parents that are in single households and it's like, yes, they will do better with two, but until we can radically change what 
it looks like in our society, it's going to be repeating itself. Correct. One at a time is just too slow if you really want the change. So how do you, right? And this is rhetorical because I don't know. <laughs> I like the idea though, and I'm on a run with it. So go with it, Andy. <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you create an environment, a society that enables children to have parents that can teach them? I think you said you hit onto something and it's parents. I think that emotional IQ, you, you hit on something really important here. And that is by giving the gift of love, emotional IQ, happiness. You know, happy kids will, if you teach a kid to be happy and content with what they're doing in life and passionate, they'll be able to hopefully be able to change it. But this additionally, there's something else that happens here. It's not just about the kid. If you decide that you need to have a higher emotional IQ, and I'm definitely speaking to the men here because women have fairly high emotional IQs. But if you, as, as we as men and people can raise our emotional IQ and realize that we need to communicate better, we need to love better, then we stay in the relationships as adults to be able to raise these kids in the proper way. So it goes back to being able to see yourself, what the things that you are grasping on to, what self-centered things are you doing that push people away? Then you can have successful relationships and especially ones where you're raising kids together in a successful way that has a tendency to lead to more happier children and happier children end up producing more happier children and that legacy continues. But I think that the big thing here is to raise the society's emotional IQ. And it starts with us being able to read books like this, us questioning the way that things have been done so that we can say either, hey, that is working or, hey, that's really not working. How can we do this better? And, and all revolution. Absolutely, my point. Yeah. I, I, I keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off. You no, 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 no. I think you had it. No, you can move. But that's exactly where I think we need to keep going with this. I think that we can with the proper therapy, with the proper mentality and mindset can change the way that our society is, but it happens by us listening to these podcasts, listening to each other, learning to communicate better, being able to love each other deeper. It takes us to do that. And it starts now and it ends when you die. And that's the legacy is being able to create a better world for the people around you. And if you ask that question all the time, how can I be a better steward to this world? then you're on the right path. Yeah, there's no way for you to have uh, lived a, a pointless life if you're you're doing what you can. Not, not all the time. You know, I, I, people need to cut themselves some slack. What is your best today may not be your best tomorrow. What your best yesterday uh, maybe wasn't, um, you know, wasn't even comparable to what you'll be able to do in 10 years. You know, but what I'm getting at is everyone's energy levels, motivations, and life circumstances ebb and flow, and so does your ability to do your best. So you do your best each day, and whatever that looks like today, you can't compare it to other days. So how do you do that, right? How do you bring your best self to do that and remind yourself that you're making a difference and that you can make a difference and sometimes you need a break 
can always be fighting in the revolution. Soldiers back in the, the revolutions, pick your revolutions anywhere, not just the American Revolution. Right? There are other revolutions. But pick them. Not everyone was out there fighting 24-7. There's no way. But it, but it was supporting, and this is the one thing that we can also be, is supporting. We don't have to be necessarily in the in the battle, but we can be supporters of the people that are in the battle, especially for the people that we know that are struggling. We can be their supporters. You know, our positive seed can make a huge difference. I was watching a show on quantum theory, and quarks which is the basic of existence the basic basic element of existence is fed by negative and positive energy you your positive energy can manifest something very positive into very positive states and it makes a huge difference to the outcome and it happens even at the quantum level that that actually does exist, that positive thoughts create positive outcomes. And when we help support people, if we're not directly in the fight, but we're really in the fight with them if we're supporting them. And being able to show and demonstrate love and support is so important. And that's especially a parenting thing love and support during times that are tough not solving it for them because you don't learn anything by you know telling your kid how to do it but having them help solve it for themselves through love and support which i say that i had it you know i i definitely didn't always do it well all the time with my kids i definitely had my you know had my difficulties but Sometimes As I got your best wasn't very good, but it was your best for that time. Yeah, exactly. But wisdom has helped prevail over the years. And now that I'm, you know, sitting closer to the, to, you know, half a century old, I've realized some things, you know, and one of them is loving and supporting your children, no matter what decisions they make is so more, more important and much more rewarding and seeing them become amazing. Yeah, so so what we're getting at, listeners, is uh, um, take a mindful approach to what you're doing if you are a parent. If you're not a parent, right, because there's many that are not and have no desire or just can't, you know, and, and there are right. many struggles in regards to that and, and um, mental health struggles uh, that go along with, with perhaps not being able to be a parent, um, at least, you know, biologically, um, you know, maybe not wanting to because you're afraid, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever status you are, parent, not parent, for whatever reason, um, I think we can agree that uh, children are pretty important to the future of society. And so how can you play a role in their um, discipline as they grow? How can you be a supportive role and help them become better versions of the generation that's raising them? Absolutely right. You well don't said. have to be a parent to, to make an impact. I think, and I think you're absolutely right. I think that we as, as a group of humans need to decide that we need to teach and help. It takes, what is the, what is the, it takes a village to raise a child mm -hmm. is the, is the uh, phrase there. And I think that that's absolutely correct. And I think everybody's role in supporting children is so important and because it is our future and these are the you know being able to have them be successful increases our success as a society because having mm -hmm. successful kids helps bring the next generation and then the next generation into a positive yeah. place and i think it starts with us being supportive and loving now and being able to demonstrate that to them through 
actions and words. Yeah, grassroots revolution here. That's right. You know, it's great to help one, but that is unacceptable for the goal. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what's interesting is, is that I, 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 there was a, I, I like, there's a starfish analogy that I always love that about the kid who picks up, he's on the beach and he's, there's a, this guy's walking along and sees this kid picking up these starfish off the beach because there was a huge storm that pushed in a whole lot of starfish into the mm -hmm. beach and the guy sees this kid going starfish by starfish and throwing them back in the water and you know there's thousands of these starfish and the guy goes why are you doing this you know there's just thousands of them and you're not making a difference and he, the little kid looks at him and says, but it does to this one and then throws it in the water. So there is again, that fine balance of making, you can make a difference even if it is just one. Absolutely. And sometimes that one is the one that you can influence. You know, you can't influence all kids, but you may be able to influence one that you're close to. Maybe it's your niece, your nephew, your own kid. You can influence them who it's it goes into the ripples of the pond again you know Maybe that the next, one small the influence next george washington or ben franklin or, or or martin luther king jr you know like th these kids have limitless limitless um possibilities possibilities yeah yeah absolutely right we, we are the ones that limit them yeah and i think that we can choose to support them and love them and help them make good choices. And I think that that means discipline. It does mean being tough at times. It means not being their friend. Right. You are but it does mean, right. It does mean by it's being coarse at times. Okay. Yeah. Teaching them respect and coarse treatment on occasion and consistency and boundaries. But that ends up paying off dividends in the end. Because A, you want to be around your kid when they do that. Because they're being, but also gives them it's because when you have a nice kid other kids want to be around them mm -hmm. other parents want to be around them opportunities become available that, that's the one thing that my son Caden definitely has he has people that want to take him in and you know he he has friends that go oh you can invite Caden that's he's a good kid you know and because yeah. of that he gets opportunities to do things like go play it at, you know, I think it was main event and he gets to go to fun things because he is a nice kid who's able to, you know, be nice with others and he plays nice with others and he just gets opportunities that then will just keep, keep continuing to happen for him. But that's by, because we raised the kid, we're trying to raise a kid in the correct way. And it's not easy you know, but it's, no. it, it, but I think it is work, but it definitely is paying off. Yeah. So, um, my, my last, my last thing, I know we've been going for a while. Listeners, thank you for listening to us. Sometimes we just ramble. Sometimes we go in a soapbox and all that jazz. Hopefully you've that's, that's what we're here for, it. but that's what we're here for. That's, true. that's what the book club's about. Absolutely. That's true. Okay. Thank you. I feel validated. No, <laughs> so, I think, um, I want to point out, right, that we want to withhold judgment. Um, obviously, uh, parenting is a crucial role in the kid's life. Um, and we, you know, uh, to go back to the example of that kid, that tough kid that was having a difficult time, but the author was raising, you know, uh, or they had over whatever it was. Um, and the mom comes back to pick the kid up and goes, well, aren't you the perfect mom? Something like that, right? And then right. he made a point to say, this this parent was a psychologist too. <laughs> right? Like pointing that out. Now, that's all he said. That's all the story was. Not to justify it, but we have no idea what was going on in that parent's life or what was, you know, what happened for her to be that kind of a parent or what's going on. It's not acceptable for her to perhaps parent that way, but it's also not acceptable to judge 
and 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 um, point fingers. You know, if a parent doesn't know how to parent, a lot of the times it's a parent in their life that played a crucial role, right? So we're, we're looking here at the analogy of the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree kind of thing. Right. Um, again, it's no excuse. We're hoping that people learn and understand and want to change. Um, but be patient with people, be loving and kind. And then perhaps um, instead of judging the parent, you just continue out for support. You reach out and become friends. Absolutely. How you can change the life. You know, again, you can influence kids in many ways. You don't have to directly talk or work with kids. No, so, you can influence their parents into making yeah. better decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. Or just, you know, just being there. Yeah, loving somebody to be able to be and listen, you know, be able to be mm -hmm. a vent. You know, it's sometimes parents, it's not that they don't love their kids, it's that they don't know how to parent. Yeah, they weren't given the skill set. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's not be mean to the parents that don't know how to parent because they weren't parented. Absolutely right. My goodness. It is, it is very hard to parent and not repeat things that you're, because that's what you know. Yeah, let's not, let's not, let's hold them accountable and then, right. and whatnot, but let's, let's not be jerks about it. Okay. Anyway, that's all I got. That's Good all point. I got. Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, next week, we'll, we'll, uh, We'll have a new book that we're going to be reading for next month announced. Um, so everyone um, pay attention to that. We'll announce the next book. Um, and um, thank you for listening. Yep, absolutely. Um, and what is our uh, email? Oh, yes. Thank you, Andy. Yes, so we are uh, goose.podcast one at gmail.com is there a dot no, no there's, there's a not dot. a dot no it's just gurus podcast one at at, at gmail.com and we do want to have you guys um reach out and you know right now it's just five of you <laughs> that are that are listening right. which we appreciate all any one of you um but uh definitely reach out and ask us any questions if you're feeling you need to uh, vent or you need to you know clarify definitely reach out we're also mm -hmm. on ig as gurus podcasts and uh we'll see you guys later do you have any last thoughts yeah. brian no thank you for support spread the word we're we're in a grassroots revolution here that's right it doesn't that's right. go anywhere without people spreading it and sharing it so get out there invite people Absolutely. to listen to us Absolutely. We'll talk to you all later.